Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hello. So happy to be with you. I'm up in Maine this week with my family. We're having our annual family vacation in Maine week, which we all love so much. It's so nice. And, uh, oh, lots to share. So let's just jump right into that prayer. (laughs) There I am rhyming. (laughs) Oh, ah, let's pray together. So wonderful. Taking a breath of love and gratitude, we open our heart, we open our mind to the highest possibility of love. So grateful and so thankful to consciously say yes and attune to the highest and best. Attuning to the higher Holy Spirit self, leading us and guiding us every day, every way. So grateful to consciously connect with the higher self, the Holy Spirit self our true identity, and to remember that our true nature is already perfect, whole, and complete. So grateful to consciously remember that it is our nature to be joyful, to be harmonious, to be peaceful, to live the love. So we're consciously intending to join together for the purpose of letting all negative patterns and beliefs fall and dissolve away back to the root cause And we are grateful and thankful to go back to first cause. First causation is God's creation in us and as us. We are grateful to remember and recognize our holiness and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In deep and abiding gratitude, we allow the healing, the expansion, the clarity, the beauty to simply be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. What a blessing. Oh, my goodness. So stop blocking the miracle. Stop not recognizing the miracle. This is our our focus today is really getting out of our own way and recognizing that we can be miracle-minded So I did an episode uh, of the radio show on being miracle-minded earlier this year. I can't remember exactly when. And uh, a lot of people said that that was really helpful to them. So we understand that we're miracle-minded first. So first we have the miracles happening in our awareness, and then it shows up in our experience in the world of form. 
So really, the miracles start in our heart, if you will. We could say in our mind, but it's the mind that's in the heart. So it's our willingness to hold no judgments, no obscurations, nothing between us and the love of God. So seek not for love, of course, miracles tells us, but to seek only to eliminate the barriers we've built against love in our heart and mind. So that's what we're doing. And then miracles are actually when we are thinking with God's thoughts. So we're thinking thoughts of love and extending love. That's what being miracle-minded is all about. It's about thinking thoughts of love and extending love, consciously extending love, being a loving presence, being truly helpful, being a beneficial presence in this world. And I know that as I have endeavored to do this in my own life, the more I keep my focus on being truly helpful in every moment, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every conversation, in every activity, then that is what occurs because I'm intending it, because it is my desire. And being in that high intention of being love being kindness, being generosity, being patience, being openness and willingness, the willingness to follow divine guidance and direction too. As Jesus tells us in the Course, say to the Holy Spirit, you decide for me. And to remember that in every moment, Jesus has told us in the Course, you are never alone. I am always with you. And so really living from that space of, okay, Jesus, if you're always with me, then let me defer to your wisdom. You can see through all directions of time and space. I cannot. And I'm interested in only being truly helpful, being a beneficial presence. Let me have access to the wisdom, the insight, the clarity, the beauty, the truth, and the creativity, and to really hold those thoughts in my mind. Then we're miracle-minded, and then we're going to see it showing up in the world of form, because everything starts in the mind. All healing is at the level of the mind. And boy, the healing time is accelerated right now. Now is a time for us to really accelerate our healing, and we can do this, and it's beautiful and wonderful. So we're consciously choosing to think the thoughts we think with God. This is our freedom. This is what brings the miracle. The miracle is first when we are no longer thinking with the ego thought system. We're thinking with God's thought system. Then our mind is miracle-minded, and we are going to be making the choices that are loving, kind, compassionate, generous, patient, and so we're naturally going to be attracted to, literally magnetically attracted to more and more loving choices. And then when our mind is focused on love, everything in the world of form is going to line up in ways that become more visible to us because we are cultivating divine vision. Course of Miracles tells us over and over again that Vision, being able to see with vision, which is in the mind, is the thing that makes all the difference in the world. And the way to vision is taking responsibility. So 
we don't want to miss the miracles, so we have to take responsibility. And um, in we're looking at this week, chapter 21, the introduction and the first section. So the, chapter 21 is called Reason and Perception. And in the introduction, it starts with projection makes perception. Projection makes perception perception. So we've talked a lot before about how in this world, the ego can make something in the world of form. It's a projection. And that we as spirit, we can create something when we're in alignment with the thoughts of God. So we can create greater and greater experiences of beauty and truth and wisdom and clarity and wholeness and freedom and all of the spiritual qualities. But it's when we're seeing with the ego thought system, then we're just going to have projection and perception, and they are made through the ego thought system. So it says, projection makes perception. And what is our projection? It's our beliefs. Remember, our beliefs aren't true. Truth is true. So we don't believe the truth, we know the truth. Projection is our judgments. It's the meaning that we make of it. It's our interpretation. And so another way to say projection makes perception is to say your interpretation will make or determine your perception. So you can just think of any slight thing, okay? Um, today, so I'm on vacation, we've got um, 11 people and a dog in the house here, in a four-bedroom house, so it's it's a full house, but we love it, because we love being together, and uh, we've got uh, this beautiful waterfront property, and we've got kayaks, and we put up the badminton net, and we get out the horseshoes and the bocce ball, and and we just and we do a lot of cooking and it's a lot of fun. But uh, this morning we were having a conversation about um, having dibs on particular food. <laughs> like I'm going to put this here so nobody else will eat it. And I said, I said, you know, I think that that, you know, good luck with that. I just don't think it's possible to get the memo out to everybody in the house. Don't eat this. This is for me. And um, I'm planning to make guacamole tomorrow, and I've got avocados uh, that are ripening. And so I was saying, don't anybody eat the avocados? And then I realized, yeah, how am I going to make sure that nobody eats the avocados? So it's it's um, uh, so I'm saying this to say that uh, regarding the it's so easy to say, oh, you know, I that cheese, I I was going to eat that cheese. I was going to eat that last piece of pie. I really had, I didn't get any pie last night. There was one piece left. It was being, who ate my pie? Who moved my cheese, right? And so um, the perception could be, oh, They ate my piece of pie. They don't love me enough to save the pie for me. They don't care enough about me. That's why they ate my piece of pie. 
they didn't save me any because they just don't really love me, right? That could be the perception that people make. I used to make that kind of perception all the time. Well, it comes purely from projection. It's not the truth. It is not the truth. So it's just a perception, and it comes from our projection. So it comes from the meaning we made of it. So the meaning we made of it is that it starts with not everybody loves me. Now, the only reason we would think not everybody loves me is really when we don't love ourselves. So this is why I say the attacker always feels attacked, and the judger always feels judged, and the lover always feels beloved. And you might not feel beloved by everyone all the time, but the thing is, is I feel beloved of God. I'm interested and focused on being a lover. Not always 100% successful. I freely admit that. I do better every day working on it and um, being led and guided by the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus, the same I am that I am that we all have to really be a completely and wholly loving person all the time. Completely loving all the time is my goal. And to accept the atonement for myself, no separation. And if I don't believe in separation, why wouldn't I want to be completely loving all the time? I'm loving myself all the time. When I accept there is no separation, when I accept that in my mind, then when I'm being loving all the time, I am loving myself. Whether I'm loving the earth or the dog or my nephew or my dad, I am loving myself all the time. That's really what I am doing. So we don't love ourselves, therefore we have a hard time loving other people. It really starts with how we feel about ourselves and like attracts like. So if I don't feel worthy of whatever good, whatever love, whatever experience, if I don't feel worthy of any kind of experience that I think I'd like to have, I'm probably going to throw up some obstacles and some blocks to it, whether I know it or not. It will be in my awareness that, gee, maybe this I really don't want that. Maybe I don't really feel worthy of receiving that. This is one of the major ways that we block miracles is that we do not feel receptive because we are not feeling worthy. So projection makes perception. The world you see is what you give it. You gave it. Oops, past tense. The world is you see is what you gave it. Nothing more than that. But the world you see is what you gave it in terms of your thoughts, in terms of your beliefs, in terms of your projection. And this is a frightening thought to some people, but to me, it's the thought of liberation. Because if I made the world I see and I don't like it, I can change it. And that's what I'm interested in. Oh, a lot more to come here. We're going to take a break. And I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are living the love, we are walking the talk.
you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. So happy to have you. And uh, I'm going to mention something. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the radio show before or not, but we've been actively working at the Power of Love Ministry to uh, support people who are interested in having a spiritual career. And this is one of my goals, is to support people who would like to be ministers and teachers and spiritual counselors and uh, in Science of Mind community, we call them practitioners also. So do, working on these spiritual careers and supporting people who'd like to do that because I'm really interested in having so many teachers employed by the Power of Love Ministry and, and many spiritual counselors and really opening up careers for people because uh, what the world it's now is love, sweet love, and, and people holding that love consciousness. And it, it, it took me quite a lot of learning and training to, um, to be uh, successful. And by successful, I really mean just feeling good about what I do and what I offer. And, and then being financially successful and viable and building and growing, that's a whole other kind of success. <laughs> But um, it was a lot of work and effort for me. And for many years, I did not feel worthy. And um, I was holding myself back and sabotaging myself. And so that's why I talk so much about healing those kinds of patterns. Because I've done so much research on them for myself. And I'm so glad that I have really liberated from a lot of the negative patterns that used to run my life. And so it is my sincerest desire to be truly helpful in supporting people and feeling worthy and guided and living from vision. And so that that's such a passion for me. And uh, so I'm we're doing a number of things to support that. And uh, some are the spiritual counseling training intensives, and uh, which we can help you get CEUs, continuing education units, or I think in the UK they call them continuing licensing units. So helping people who are in professions where they uh, are required to get these kinds of continuing ed units um, to help them get that by taking the spiritual counseling training intensive or by taking my spiritual boot camp, Finding Freedom. So we've put a lot of work and effort into that. So if you have a need to get continuing education or licensing units, you can take Finding Freedom 
And uh, a lot of the work is at your own pace online. And so you can really, that's a great way for you to do that. And then we have the week-long spiritual counseling intensive trainings in England in early September and then in Thailand in November. So there are ways for you to support yourself in having that spiritual career. And then I do have my spiritual counseling certification program, which is another program that takes a couple of years. But the intensives are just a week. So I'm just letting you know about that activity. We're really interested in that, uh, supporting people and having uh, careers. And next year, it is my sincere uh, desire to offer some uh, classes and trainings in teaching, leading workshops and speaking and teaching And so uh, one of the things I know is we've had a number of science of mind practitioners, ministers, uh, folks who have uh, taken these classes with me who have found that it brought them a great deal of benefit. So if you're interested in having a spiritual career, some of what we're building and what we're offering might be helpful to you. And uh, you can always write to me at jennifer at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, I can't always uh, keep up with all the email, but I do read everything. I read everything um, and do my best to answer as much as I possibly can. It's a lot of email. And uh, so if you have requests and suggestions and things like that, you can you can connect with me. All right, just wanted to let you know about that. Also, uh, in September, I'm doing my Sacred Sites tour, and we've got people coming from the U.S. and from Europe coming. It's a small group. It's going to be intimate and fun. And uh, four nights, five days of uh, spiritual adventure. (laughs) And we're going to Glastonbury and Avebury and Stonehenge and Bath and Salisbury, and uh, it's just going to be a lovely, lovely group of people, great adventure. So if you'd like to have a long spiritual weekend, you can also combine it with uh, the week-long intensive, which is what uh, some of the people are doing. And, um, oh, you know, I might as well just also mention that uh, I'm going to be in Australia at the end of September in uh, Melbourne and in Queensland. So I'll be letting you know about those things. So hopefully we can connect up then. And uh, yeah, that'll be good. So good. I'd love to do something uh, in Sydney in Australia while I'm there, but I need an invitation. I don't have that yet. So if you're in Sydney and you're interested in helping put something together, just let us know. All right, projection makes perception. We're understanding reason and perception here. So the world you see is what you gave it, but gave it by your thinking, by your belief, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, to you, it is important. So the world we see to us is important because it's what we gave it. It's what we made collectively. It is the witness, the world that we see is the witness to your state of mind. The world that you see is the witness to your state of mind. It's the outside picture of an inward condition. 
The world you see is a witness to your state of mind. It is the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. So we're perceiving what we're thinking. We think we're perceiving the world that we see, but the world that we see is made by our thoughts. So we're really seeing our thoughts projected on the screen. It said, and this is where it says so famously, therefore seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result, not a cause. So your perception does not cause anything. Your thinking is what is causing things to be made in this world. Perception is a result. The result, perception is the result. It's the distillation of our thought. It is the meaning that we have given things based on our history and what's important to us now. It says, that is why order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless because order of difficulty is in miracles is meaningless because there is no order of difficulty in miracles. We have to remember that a miracle is a change of thought when we change to the Holy Spirit's thought system. There's no order of difficulty in that. So consider this. If the thought is, I'm going to be late to work, and that's bad, we could turn it over to the Holy Spirit and say, let me not judge it as bad, and let me not assume I'll be late to work. Who knows? I'm going to make way for the miracle. So what's my intention? What's my desire? To serve love, to live a life of love, to walk the talk and live the love. This is my desire. This is my intention. Let me not make any assumptions or projections about what's going to transpire. It seems like I'm leaving the house 10 minutes late and I'll be late to work, but I don't know. It seems like I'm caught in traffic and that this is a bad thing. I'm going to be late to work, but I do not know. You see, so we can have the, the mind is, is so such a meaning maker, right? It's always wandering to make meaning because the ego, it's by making meaning, it feels safe. It labels everything as threatening and bad or, uh, you know, the, that perception of what is good when it doesn't know. So when all of that is going on, we can just keep saying, I'm interested only in the highest and best, a life of love. I do not know what is highest and best. I'm open to discovering it, open to knowing it, open to living it. Yes, I am. Hmm. Just looking out at the ocean here, it's so beautiful. My family playing out on the rocks. <laughs> My nephew, Al, he's all grown up now. He was such a little boy playing on the same rocks. Sorry, distracted. But also, it's the meaning I'm making of it that, like, I could make the meaning of it that, oh, it's it's too bad he's grown up. It's wonderful he's grown up. He's grown up to be a healthy, beautiful man, and that's a wonderful thing. So we can always see where the meaning maker 
the ego meaning maker that doesn't know and will never know is stepping in, looking to find some kind of safety or footing when it doesn't even know what safety and and footing is. One of the things I love that Jesus tells us in the workbook is you don't even know what will make you happy. So stop thinking that you do. And this is one of the great tools that we have to just stop thinking we know what will make us happy. And that's what this section is also about. So perception is a result and not a cause. So our perceptions are not a cause of anything in the world. Our perceptions are based on our projections. Our projections are are our judgments. It says, there's no order of difficulty in miracles because we can just as easily go from thinking, I'm not worthy, to I am worthy. And uh, in quantum science, quantum science, when there's a quantum leap, what a quantum leap is, is when you go from one place to another without traveling. That's what a quantum leap actually is. So we studied this when I was in ministerial school. And what I took away from that was really helpful to me, even though I didn't like all those quantum science classes. What was really helpful for me was to really understand I can, in my consciousness, go from one way of thinking to another without having to process without having to have conversation, without having to study, without having to do anything like that. Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, says, healing does not take time. The only time that healing takes is the time that it takes to have a a realization, which is a revelation, a realization of the truth. That's the only time that it takes to have a healing, is however much time it takes to have a realization, which is none. It takes no time. In fact, this is something that's come up a lot uh, in the last week or so, which is why we're talking about this, I'm sure, because the Holy Spirit guided me. I opened a book. This is what it said, and so I knew this was the topic today, and But many people have been asking lately, because I was teaching workshops in Atlanta, which was a lot of fun, by the way. If you're from the Atlanta area and we're there, shout out to you. So nice to be with you. And one of the things that came up there and has come up in Masterful Living class and Finding Freedom class is the idea that we have to process things in order to have a healing. I have to process a sip of my uh, coffee here. To clear my throat. So this idea that the ego has that we have to process things in order to have a healing, it goes along with one of the themes of all my classes is that if you're trying to understand things. If you're trying to make sense of them, then you're aligned with the ego thought system because spirit already knows. Spirit is not questioning or wondering. Spirit, it, it, this, the, the mind of God is all-knowing. 
There's no confusion in the mind of God. There's nothing hidden in the mind of God. But if we're thinking with the ego thought system, it's a maze. It's it's a, a process of seeking but not finding if we're looking at life with the ego thought system. It's a maze that's purposely designed to obscure. Aligning with the thoughts of God, it's perfect clarity. So this is why I talk about cultivating pristine awareness. This is why I talk about awareness being curative. It's it's healing. So what does it take for us to have a healing in the mind, to have awareness, to have that curative experience, to have that realization It's our willingness. And there is a distinct difference between being really desirous of knowing the truth and being willing to know the truth. It's like, think of it this way. Think of it this way. Funny how spirit gives me these things. I just laugh sometimes. (laughs) So... Maybe it's because we're in Maine, and one of the things we like to do sometimes is make ice cream in the family. We love to cook together. And um, so uh, in the uh, there's a big difference between really desiring to make ice cream and just being willing to make ice cream or willing to have ice cream. So if you're willing to have ice cream, versus you really desire to have ice cream. If you're willing to have ice cream, you know, if you don't get any ice cream, it's you're you're not really bothered by it. But if you really desire to have ice cream, you're going to take steps. You're going to say, "Okay, can we go get some ice cream? Can we make some ice cream? I really desire this. I'd like to have it. I'm going to open myself to receiving it, to allowing it, to creating it." making it. But if we're just willing, it's a lot more passive. Our willingness is all that's required. But as uh, I know, uh, Gary Renard, uh, I've heard him speak so many times because we've done so many things together and we're friends. And um, he'll always talk about, in every talk he gives, he always talks about there's a trick in the course, you know, that in the beginning, Jesus tells us a little willingness is all that's required. But then by the end of it, he's like, you've got to have total willingness. You've really got to have total willingness. And we do. We have to have total willingness to accept the atonement for ourselves and no longer be making exceptions. So Course in Miracles says, everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. And as soon as we start making exceptions, we're sliding down a slippery slope. And uh, this is the most challenging thing for me, personally, is to make no exceptions, none. And it's also my liberation, it's my freedom, the ability to make no exceptions. So no matter what's going on, everything works together for good, there are no exceptions. Which doesn't mean that you're just passively accepting whatever's going on, we are opening ourselves to really saying, okay, what is the highest and best in this moment? Jesus, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. This is what I, I would like to be able to see. I'd like to be able to see with divine eyes, with true vision. So how do we get to true vision? 
Well, as it says here a bit later, it says uh, page 448, which is just a little bit later in uh, chapter 21. It's in section 2 of chapter 21, which is entitled The Responsibility for Sight. And I, I've uh, quoted this so many times, uh, you know, almost probably every broadcast in some way or shape I have referred to this. But I'm going to um, read this again uh, from the responsibility of sight. And it says, this is the only thing that you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin. So all to be given to you. They only this, but mean it with no reservations. In other words, no exceptions. For here the power of salvation lies. Now here's what you have to say. I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. And I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. I am responsible for what I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. That's my little shorthand uh, that I, I say, oh, when things appear to be some way that I don't wish them to be, I just say, oh, I'm responsible for what I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. Let me accept the goodness that's already encoded into it. Let me be a good receiver of the goodness that's already included in this. So going back to the beginning of chapter 21, it says, As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result and not a cause. And that is why order of difficulty and miracles is meaningless. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. Nothing perceived without it means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos. Where there is no meaning, there is chaos. So uh, the Course talks about us looking upon a meaningless world. The reason why it's a meaningless world is because we're giving it all the meaning that it has, and we're looking at it through the ego thought system. That's what makes it a meaningless world. And so where there is no meaning, there is chaos. So everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. So remember, in the responsibility of sight, it says, this is the only thing you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, no exceptions. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. That is our way out of hell. And it says here in paragraph 2 of the introduction to chapter 21 on page 445, damnation is your judgment on yourself. And this you will project upon the world. Damnation is your judgment on yourself. And this you will project upon the world. See the world as damned and all you see is what you did to hurt the Son of God. 
by your thinking. If you behold disaster and catastrophe, you tried to crucify the Son of God. If you see holiness and hope, you joined the will of God to set the Son of God free. There is no choice that lies between these two decisions. All right, so this is helpful. So if we are seeing disaster and catastrophe, then what we're seeing is our projections of our thoughts that were hurtful towards our brothers and sisters and ourselves. If we see a world of holiness and hope, we've joined the will of God to set everyone free. And there's no choice between these two decisions. You're either going one way towards holiness and hope or the other way towards disaster and catastrophe. And the good news is you can quickly right now look at what is your perception of the world and you can see, ah, your projection is one of holiness and hope or catastrophe and disaster. And then who has the power to change your mind? You do. How do you do that most effectively and clearly? You give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. You invoke Jesus. You call upon the angels. This is all the teaching of A Course in Miracles. Call the angels. Call Jesus. Call everyone and everything to walk with you and talk with you so you can see clearly. In fact, I'm going to just share with you. I've shared this many times, but I'm going to share it again because it's one of my favorite and I think it's one of the most important things and I don't hear any other course people ever talking about it, but I so I like to bring it up a lot, which is Lesson 183, which is right in the middle of the workbook, right in the halfway point. Um, lesson 183, I call upon God's name and on my own. And it says in there, God's name cannot be heard without response, nor said without an echo, in the mind that calls you to remember. Say God's name and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and sing to you as they spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. Now, I think a lot of people read this and they think that Jesus is speaking metaphorically here, but he is not. He is not, and I think it's so valuable for us because this is a get-out-of-jail-free here. God's name cannot be heard without response. So when we say the name of God, which we can just do like this, God, really simple. <laughs> you know, it's it, we don't have to use the word God. I know some people don't like the word God for a long time. I had an aversion to the word God. but So you could say, call Jesus. Call Mary, call Kuan Yin, call Buddha, call Krishna, Muhammad, call love, call life, call the universe. It's really what's your intention in your heart. Mother, Father, God, infinite spirit, great mystery. Use use whatever name works for you. But it says, when you call God's name, you're going to get an echo in the mind. And the echo in the mind is to clear the field in your mind. And it calls you to remember. That echo calls you to remember your true nature, your true identity, and the true nature and identity of your brothers and sisters. When we say God's name, we invite the angels to surround the ground on which we stand. Literally, literally. 
I mean, many people can see angels, but more of us don't. I don't see angels with my uh, inner vision, but I feel them. And angels are always around us, and they're always there talking, sharing, uh, supporting, but they can't intervene unless we ask them. So rather than asking them for meaningless things like, um, uh, oh, oh, I'm just not going to go there right now. (laughs) And that's what I'm getting the message is, don't go there. Just have everybody ask for help. (laughs) So we ask for help to feel more peaceful, more joyful, more harmonious, more safe, more loved, more willing, more free, more prosperous, more abundant. So we call God's name, and by calling God's name, we are automatically inviting the angels to surround the ground on which we stand and sing to us as they spread out their wings to keep us safe and, here's so important, shelter us from every worldly thought, every ego thought that would intrude upon our holiness. That's the benefit of calling the angels. And how much does it cost? It's free. How much training do you need? None. So I get that people say, oh, I have to process my feelings. I get it. I get it. But we really don't. So let's give up that belief, that illusion that we have to process everything. We don't have to process anything. We just have to be open-minded open-hearted, and allow ourselves to be led and guided to a healing, to remember the true nature of life. Remember, all that is known in the infinite mind of God is known by us, and the only reason we can't see it, remember it, feel it, recognize it, is because we treasure something that's false. We treasure a belief instead of the truth. So we don't have to seek to uh, seek for love. We we simply allow the blocks to love be lifted from us. It's not treasuring and clinging to and igniting and making meaning of our judgments. It's giving up the interpreting all the time. So what is processing? Think about that. What is processing? processing your emotions and your feelings and everything. We don't want to deny them. Oh, God, no. Never deny your feelings. There's no happiness in that, really. The the feelings, the emotions, everything that's coming up is coming up for healing. Don't push it down. Don't jump over it. Allow it to come up. But what about relinquishing from your mind the thought that healing takes time and processing takes time and I'm going to have to process Spirit is all good all the time. Spirit is a, is a truth system that is omnipresent and omnipotent and omniactive. Therefore, no time is required for processing. That is an illusion. So let us stop living a delusional life and start remembering the truth and valuing the truth and seeking the truth which is written in our heart, it's already there. So it says, 
we're either choosing disaster and catastrophe or we're choosing holiness and hope. And you will see the witness to the choice you made and learn from this witness to recognize which one you chose. So the world we see is the witness to what we chose in the past. The world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and to accept as yours. Now, this is one of the most common things I hear course students talking about. They like to experience more peace, more love, more joy, particularly more joy. Where's the fun, right? A lot of course students, they're, uh, and hey, I'm right there. I'm a course student, course student for a long time now. And the tendency for me is to be analytical, which is why once I realized, hey, it's the ego that analyzes, I don't need to analyze anything anymore. Can you, can you even begin to feel how much freedom there was in that for me? What? I don't have to analyze anything anymore? What? I don't have to figure it out anymore? What? I don't have to process it anymore? Whoa, that's a lot of freedom. Just think what I can do with that time and that energy and that money. Well, let's just think what I can do with my mind if I'm not processing and figuring things out and analyzing things anymore. I can just allow myself to be told, allow myself to be shown, allow myself to be guided and directed. I can just step way back and go, I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. Everything's for my learning. Everything's for my good. I can trust and have faith in that. So I don't have to make meaning of things anymore. I don't have to interpret things anymore. I can feel like, oh, yes, it feels to me I need to process this, but I can let go of thinking that processing takes time. What if it takes two seconds to process it? And what if processing just means I'm saying yes to God? What if that's my process for processing saying, ah, I'm going to relax my mind, say yes to God. Now, it's I, I took this from my plate. This has gone from my inbox. I put it into the Holy Spirit's inbox. It's on the Holy Spirit's desk now. It's not on my desk anymore. I can just go about my day. And that's what A Course in Miracles teaches us in the Song of Prayer. Lay it on the altar. Lay it on the altar. Don't take it off. And just give up thinking you need or you want anything and just allow yourself to live in that place of desiring to know God, which is different than wanting. Desiring is desire. It's of the Father. Desire. Sire meaning Father. It's it's the desire to to know love and to, to, to know love is the activity of our life versus wanting a raise and wanting uh, a new home or anything like that. I mean, right now um, I've got uh, beloved people in my life um, very dear to me who are going through this flooding in Louisiana. I talked with uh, my my dear sweet friend Sheila the other day and she's lost her home and her business to the flooding, so it seems. Uh, basically, every member of her family, same thing. 80% of the community, same thing. Homes, businesses, completely just, you know, wiped out. 
and so many belongings, and you can imagine, right? But her family is safe. Her family is all safe. They have a place to sleep. They can take a hot shower now. The electricity is back on, the hot water heaters. They've got hot water where they're sleeping. Little things mean a lot, and they have each other. All things work together for good. There are no exceptions. We all have our ways of working with that teaching and coming to accept it. So for me, I really got it when my mom was seeming to die of cancer and when she made her transition. And then my best friend, not long after, same thing. She just suddenly died. And I I have to step back and say, okay, all things work together for good. There are no exceptions. Am I willing to know that that is true here in this circumstance? I have financial challenges. Am I willing to know it here? Am I willing to know it here? Am I willing to take responsibility without any blame? 100% responsibility, no blame. Am I willing to do that? Yes, I am. The world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and to accept is yours. And if this is its meaning, then the power to give it joy must lie within you. So the power to have a joyful life and to live in a joyful world is within us. Rather than saying what we don't like about the world, let us say, I'm willing to live in a joyful world. And you know what? I desire that too. I desire it for everyone. I desire everyone to live in a joyful world, even the people that I think should be punished. I'm willing to give up thinking anyone should be punished and let's all just live in a joyful world together. So there we are. It's time for me to close us out here and to say a prayer. And I would like to um, remind you that I have a Living a Course in Miracles retreat coming up in October. It's at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And that's in the beautiful mountains of the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. And uh, all the details are for all my events are on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. And I'm doing two retreats back-to-back, two different weekends. Columbus Day weekend, which is October 7th to 10th, is the Living a Course of Miracles retreat in North Carolina. And then the following weekend is the Forgive and Be Free Retreat, my Forgiveness Weekend Retreat. So you can actually combine them and stay for the whole time, which is why I do them that way. And you can come and really enjoy yourself, have a nice long stay. They've got a fantastic Ayurvedic spa there at the retreat center. It's beautiful. We're going to have spectacular fall foliage, foliage this year, and I'm told it's just unbelievably gorgeous. I was there in the spring when it was so spectacular. I know it's going to be even more spectacular, and it's just a a heavenly healing spot there in the mountains. Also doing uh, end-of-the-year New Year's Reboot Retreat there in North Carolina. And then also in Thailand in November is the Self-Love and Extreme Pampering. So we're going to do a lot of deep healing work on the self-love factor, and we're going to mix it up with a lot of fun and 
uh, spa treatments. I love Thai massage. It's my favorite kind of massage, Thai massage and Lomi Lomi. <laughs> and so we're going to have a great time in Thailand and um, some beautiful resorts for the events in Thailand. So lots of really lovely opportunities for us to come together and do some profound healing work. Uh, I know when I was just in Atlanta, it's amazed. I'm amazed at how much healing people can have uh, when we get together in person. It's so profound. So let's let's do that. All right. And lastly, I'll just say, if you enjoy and appreciate this radio show, we are sponsored by the Power of Love Ministry, which I founded, and Unity FM. So your donations make it possible. We're uh, transcribing all the radio shows, uh, and uh, we're going to have that all. We're figuring out the best way to organize it and give it to you for downloading. And we've got other projects, many more projects, um, closed caption videos with the radio shows, all kinds of ways to deliver the radio shows so the deaf can can get them and um, just make it easy for people in many different languages to read along. So working on these projects, uh, and it's a blessing. So you can make a donation at jenniferhadley.com. It's a tax-deductible donation. Let's take that breath of love and gratitude and give thanks. Give thanks that we can come together this way and transcend time and space for our healing, for vision. What I claim and know for us is that vision is revealing itself in our awareness. We're having a divine download. We're relinquishing all the obscurations in our mind, and we're choosing pristine awareness. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Mwah.